to worship is found in the hymn book number 725. The disciples came to Jesus asking, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called the child he had stand in front of them and said, Remember this, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one who humbles himself and becomes like this child. And the person who welcomes in my name one such child as this welcomes me. Some people brought children to Jesus for him to place his hands upon them and pray. But the disciples scolded those people. Jesus said, Let the children come to me, and do not stop them, because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. He placed his hands on them. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee. Number 137, My Jesus, I Love Thee.
Let us go before the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God, we come before you this morning with an open heart and an open mind to worship you. God, you know of the challenges that we face emotionally, physically, financially, spiritually. And Lord, we come before you with all of those challenges. We'd ask that you would remind us of your presence of spirit and that that spirit that transcends our past, that transcends our present, that transcends our future, that you remind us that it is always with us. And because it transcends time, God, we know that you transcend time. And Lord, we are putting our confidence in your will, even though we cannot always see it, even though we cannot always understand it, but it is with trust that we come to you in faith believing that you do hear our prayers and that you do answer them according to your will and purpose for our lives. Help us to understand that. We think of the needs of others. We think of the needs of the patients throughout this medical center, the needs of the staff. We think of family members and friends. Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer. Remind them in the same way of your presence in spirit, that you are there with them to help them, to give them that understanding that they need to have, to cry with them, to be angry with them, to be happy with them, and all of the different things that we experience in life. And Lord, we are just so humbled by the fact that all of us are here come as an act of worship and that you do acknowledge that worship, and that you do hear our prayers, and that you embrace who we are as your followers. We praise you for that, God. And Lord, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 275, Fairest Lord Jesus. Number 275.
Our scripture reading this morning is found in the book of James, chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ, must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, Here is a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, You stand there, or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and and become judges with evil thoughts? Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful that We've had this time of worship thus far, uniting our hearts and our minds to be of one spirit and of one accord. I ask God that you would help me to say those things that we all need to hear so that we can be following that one spirit and that one accord in you. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Last week, when uh, Lynn and I and the family were flying back from our trip that we took to Disney World, there happened to be a service member in uniform that was on our flight. In fact, he was wearing a Navy uniform, and he was actually a, an E-5. I couldn't recognize the uh, classification in terms of his, his job. I only know RPs. When I was in the Navy... The only people who served with me were RPs, religious program assistants. And so he would be classified as a, an RP2 because he was an E5. I've got to get that right, right? Because R1s are first class, are E6s, right? Okay, Paul, you're in the Navy, Paul, you've got to help me with that. So he was an E5, so he would have been a sergeant equivalency for all the other services. And uh, the senior uh, steward on the flight, the flight, senior steward flight attendant, he actually acknowledged the sailor's service and what his next duty assignment was going to be and that he was flying back home to Phoenix before he deployed so he could be with his father and his brother. And so the the senior flight attendant actually asked the passengers if they would be willing to pitch in a couple of dollars to uh, give him a nice, if you will, dinner with his family before he deployed. And so they actually passed around a sick bag. You remember, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sick bag. So they actually passed around a sick bag. They were, they were taking an offering, right? And the plane, was, the plane was full. So they took this offering and came back around, and they counted the money, and they told everybody that they collected $450, and there were some gift cards in there for some other restaurants in the Phoenix area, and they gave it to the sailor. Of course, the flight attendant, when they were talking about the sailor and his service, they kept on using the word soldier. Now, Paul, you probably find that offensive, right? Okay, yeah. But no harm done, right? So, in fact, actually, we got off the flight, and we were waiting for our bags down in baggage claim, and, and the sailor was there, and I put my arm around him, and I said, you know, they truly meant sailor and not soldier, and he just started, he started laughing. So he appreciated that. But, you know, we gave him special recognition of who he was and wearing his uniform and his service. And it it was very special. And we were setting him apart just to honor the fact, and it wasn't just for him, 
It was for those of us that have also served that were aboard the plane, because I'm currently serving, and I felt that it was also acknowledgement of, of what I do. And of course, this Memorial Day, as we have it tomorrow, it's an acknowledgement of the service and sacrifice of those that have given the full measure of their lives in the service of our country, in the service of freedom, and not just the freedoms that we enjoy here in our country, but also the freedoms of many other people around the world where service members have made the ultimate sacrifice in the line of duty. And so we do set apart people for specific things to acknowledge that service. But in the scriptures that we have read this morning, it's pretty clear here that we are not to discriminate between people, between persons. And the title of my sermon is No Discrimination. Now I know that when we talk about this, for some it can be very difficult, especially if you yourself have experienced some type of discrimination. But scripturally, the Bible tells us that we are followers of Jesus Christ, that we are not to discriminate in any way, shape, or form. It says it. This is not me. This is not some socialistic, communistic philosophy, some humanistic type of thought. This is the Word of God telling us that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not to discriminate. Very clear. Very precise. But yet, we do do that. And I think a lot of times the Scriptures is there just to remind us and to increase our awareness about our surroundings and how we are to live with one another. It's not a condemnation. It's not a judgment. It reminds us that we are to try again and again and again until we get it right. Because we are going to discriminate. We are. Depending upon the circumstances that we're in. In terms of sometimes the protocol that we have in different situations. But yet the Word of God says that within our hearts, within our minds, within our actions, that there is no discrimination. The example is very clear. And if we think about the example that we have read in the Scriptures, it really addresses the prejudices that a lot of us have. Some of us have. It may not apply to you. Some of it may not apply to me, but we do have prejudices. We do discriminate. We do have favorites in certain situations. Like attracts like. Have you ever heard that expression before? We do that. In fact, when we were at Disney World, uh, Goofy was there, and I actually got a picture with Goofy with my arms around him, and he has his arms around me. And when I posted it on Facebook, I put, like attracts like at Disney World. <laughs> and a lot of people got a, kid, like, a lot of kid, uh, kidding out of that. But we do that. I mean, we hang out with people 
that we feel comfortable with. We do that. But what about those situations, what about those individuals that maybe we don't feel comfortable with? We don't feel that that relationship is going to give us any benefit whatsoever. And that's what's being talked about here, is the discrimination that is taking place because one relationship, probably there will be some kind of benefit, and the other relationship where you know that there probably is not going to be any benefit at all in terms of a human understanding. And we do that. We cater to certain types of people based on what we think the perceived benefit is going to be to us. But yet the scriptures tell us that we are not to do that. That if we truly are following the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are to hold to our faith, that we are to hold to the truth of what we believe in. That Jesus Christ came as the Lord of all. Now if you believe that, that means that in that concept there is no discrimination because he came as the Lord of all. The Lord of me, the Lord of you, the Lord of everyone. Jesus died for all. And in that statement there is no discrimination. Jesus died for all. He died for your sin. He died for my sin. He died for everyone else's sin. Jesus came to all. The Christ came to all. To each and every one of us. He comes within the presence of the Holy Spirit, beckoning and calling us, asking us, crying out to us to have a relationship with Him because it is the best way for us to live our lives. And it is our best way to look forward to the future that we have together in eternity. So, the Lord of all, Jesus died for all, Christ came to all. And all of this should be reflected in what we believe in, holding on to the faith, to our trust, to the truth, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it is demonstrated by whether we discriminate or not. I had lunch with somebody this week, and they had told me that they had watched one of my sermons on YouTube. And I always can't, I can't get people to give me a, an honest answer about what they thought about the sermon, right? I don't know if they want to offend me, don't want to offend me, or whatever the case may be. But the guy just said, well, I could see that you're an excellent communicator. Well, what does that mean? I hope that I'm standing up here communicating to each and every one of you in some form or fashion. Did the sermon mean anything to you? Did it bring any purpose, you know? I mean, okay, I got it. I'm a communicator. I should be some kind of a communicator. I know I'm not perfect, and I've got to learn a lot. But it was interesting because when I was asking him about it, he was kind of, you know, I don't think he wanted to offend me. Hey, look, if I do a bad job up here, you're not going to hurt my feelings. It's just going to make me better, you know? And I do ask Lynn every time we get done preaching, how'd I do? 
And there are times when she says, I do a great job, and there are other times when she says, well, <laughs> you know, I love you. What do you want me to say? Because she's smiling back there, see? Truth in advertising. But you know what? Sometimes we do discriminate because we don't want to hurt the other person. And that's not the type of discrimination that I'm talking about here. We're talking about the attitudes and action that literally do hurt other people. That we don't accept people for who they are in the eyes of God. And this is a very example in which we know that there is no gray area here. There is no part in this scripture where it is silent. Because this is what I hear about things when I have discussions about people and places and things within the Bible. Well, there's some gray area there, and the Bible's silent about that. I go, okay, I got all this. But here, there is no gray area. Here, there is no silence. The Word of God speaks. And it speaks to us in a very powerful way that probably, I guess I don't want to discriminate here, but there are some people that even don't want to even acknowledge that this scripture actually exists. But there's a pointed example here that prejudice is something that we do. And what's taking place here is a material evaluation of the rich and the poor. And the rich person is getting that preferential treatment. Come and have the good seat. Come and have the good seat. The poor person is an example of the pride that God tells us not to have spiritually. The pride that gets us into trouble. I'm guilty of that. The spiritual pride that gets us into trouble. The pride of who we think we are and we're truly not. The pride that gives us that attitude where we become judges of other people. And the scriptures tell us that we are not to do that. We don't know where the poor person is coming from. He could have had immense wealth. We don't know that. The person that had the fine clothes and the golden ring, who knows? He could have spent all of he had just for that ring and for those clothes. But once again, it's an appearance thing. It's based on the material, the external. And when we think about giving that preferential treatment, we do that because we have not only just spiritual pride, but we also have selfish motivation. Because we think that we can benefit from that person that seems to have money, seems to have wealth. And the poor person, what are they going to do for me? They're not going to help me. And so there's a way in which we carry out our discrimination that can be so subtle so subtle that it truly does take the word of God and the Holy Spirit to speak to us that we are discriminating that we are in our spiritual pride 
looking down at others. But you know what? There's an explanation here that God reminds us in terms of our perspective. Think about this. If we treated both of those individuals equally, and the person that had the ring and the fine clothes got offended because he was being treated equally the same as the poor person, would you truly want that person in your congregation? Would you truly want to have that person even within your sphere of friendships? Right? So in one sense, we can truly measure two types of people. If we treat them equally, we find out who they truly are and what they truly represent. It gives us a practical explanation, a practical perspective. The fact that God does choose the poor. That God does enrich the poor. That God does include the poor. That God does respond to the poor. God does all of those things. But we take on our human perspective. And when we treat people that have, quote-unquote, less than what we think, because of that, we are insulting God. Because if God honors the poor, if he came for them just as much as he came for you and I, then if we're treating them less than, we are disrespecting God. That we are not honoring God in that relationship. And I think that is what is important here is when we do not discriminate, when we treat people equally, we are honoring God. We are honoring the relationship that we have with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Because for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's no exceptions in there. There's no mean income in terms of a litmus test as to who is going to get into the kingdom and who's not. There's no litmus test there for sin. I sin less than that person, or we know that this person has a lifestyle of sin, and, well, yeah, I have some sin, but at least I don't have a... No, there's no, there's no litmus test for that. Sin is sin. People are people. And God wants us to honor Him in doing all of those things by remembering that there is equality in the eyes of God in all things. And that in our relationship with God as a body of believers, if we truly do follow Jesus Christ, we treat everyone equally. Now, we don't always get it right. We're going to have preferences. Like is going to attract like. There's going to be misunderstandings, miscommunications. But you know what? It doesn't mean that we don't stop trying. And I know that when I have offended people, when I have discriminated against people, 
Sometimes they're aware of it, sometimes they're not. But I know when I discriminate. I know that when I treat somebody by a different standard, lower or higher. And that's good. Because it tells me that God is working in my life. When it happens to you, it means God is working in your life. Working on getting those things right. Working on getting those things that are correctable. So we can just draw closer to each other. So that we can bring others to Christ. That we can show that we are truly trying to be the followers of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be. But no discrimination is allowed. That is the standard. If you're a person that needs a numerical matrix, the standard is zero. No discrimination. But yet God reminds us that he does love you and me even when we do discriminate. He does forgive us when we do discriminate. It doesn't mean that the behavior is approved, right? The things that we know when we sin against God, we know that he forgives us of those sins. And in the same way, when we sin against God by discriminating with others, he doesn't approve the conduct or the behavior but he does forgive because he loves us. And as we grow in the Lord, as we mature in the Lord, those principles that sometimes we passed over very quickly because we didn't want to delve into and we didn't want to explore because it may hurt a little bit too much, that God would want to correct too much in our lives. But yet the principle is very clear here. That all of us are equal in the eyes of God. The call to worship that we read this morning talks about children coming before God. And children in society back then, and I think to some respects society today, were really treated as non-entities because how could they benefit anyone? But yet they were included and God made them a priority because that's how special they are before God. And in the same way, we think of those that are around us that we have discriminated against. Do we make it a priority to take care of them? Do we make it a priority of the poor that we see around us to help them out? Because the relationship with God says that discrimination is forbidden. And that applies to each and every one of us, to all the believers. And the premise that is prescribed here to each and every one of us is for us to love each other. For us to love each other. The scriptures that we've read this morning is just a way to look at ourselves. To look in that mirror that we reflect upon. And the word of God is so powerful many times in exposing those things that we can make better within our church, within our families, within our society, within ourselves. 
And that exposure to those sins is not to condemn us, but to make us better. Better people. Living better lives. Bringing others to Him so that they too can become better people living better lives. As we think about all of the things of Memorial Day, all the things that you see on television, all the flags that are being flown, all the remarks that you see, all the movies that you see of the service and the sacrifice of others. In the same way, God wants us to be servants of each other. And if need to be, make those same sacrifices. Because God sees us in a very different way than we see ourselves. God sees other people in a very unique way other than the way that we see them. Because He sees us in them the same way. All equal. And God does not discriminate. And so therefore, we should not either. Let us remember these things as we interact with each other today, tomorrow, this week. The people that we come across in just casual type of social greetings and partings. To remember that God does not discriminate. And that he loves us all and that Jesus Christ came for all. And we bring God honor when we do not discriminate, but treat all equally. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion. And communion is something that we do that does not discriminate. Because anyone who comes to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior is welcome to take communion with us. Because God does not discriminate in his love for you or me. God does not discriminate in his forgiveness of our sins. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us in our lives not to discriminate. And Lord, you have convicted many hearts. You've convicted my heart of the things that I need to work on. And God, I'd ask that you would help me. And that you would help others as well that have those same questions, that have had different thoughts, that have treated people unequally. And Lord, we would just ask that you would give us all the strength that we need to have to bring you honor and glory. Lord, thank you for forgiving us of our sins, loving us just the way we are, being there for each and every one of us. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen.
For I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Please turn with me in your red hymnals to number 303. I serve a risen Savior.
gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us the things that we need to work on in our lives so that we can grow closer to you and to each other. And God, help us to do that. Help us to see people through your eyes because you do not discriminate. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.